Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome back to another, another. episode of the Milk Run the Milk crossover Run. X. with the Girl Next Door podcast. We Hello. are joined by Renee, the hey. host of the Girl Next Door podcast. Yeah, How you I doing? Am. I am really good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're feeling great. pumped after the first episode. I'm energized. Um, I'm coffeeed up. Yeah, it's amazing. Your story is amazing. I feel like I went kind of all over the place. You know, when someone says, tell me a life story, like, uh, uh, Because <laughs> you uh. had compressed it into this little button. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, and then totally. it's like, um, every time anyone ever asks me to share my testimony, they only ever get a part. Because yes. it's so hard <laughs> yeah. to so long. condense it. But so long. we talked about this last episode, but it's amazing to see mm. um, how you and God have built your life into what it is today. Um, and just testimony that it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or what's happened to you. Yeah. You're in control of your destiny. And yeah. now you have a beautiful family, beautiful dog, too. I love my dog. I'm a big dog person as well. I should so, let her uh, in at the end. I do, lo- I well, do love your dog. Bosco, well, this guy, every episode, he G's up Bosco in the middle of the episode. I love Bosco so much. Though. He does. He wants to steal my dog. I just want him. And I just want to... Uh, he, he does well, like Bosco. My dog, Billy, hates me. only used to bark at you. Yeah. We're like, is she racist? I think, <laughs> but loves Gabe. Gabe is but Hispanic. She, she didn't bark at you today. No, I think she loves you now. Are we trying to? Well, mind you, Bosco took a little bit to warm up to you too. True. So I you think you right. just have that vibe. I don't have that vibe to dogs. I want to be like that. <laughs> oh, is it because? No, it's got nothing to do with that. No, well, but it's got more so it. to do with you know people. Some people say you know dogs are a great judge of character. Yeah. Right and and <laughs> what does that say about Efrat? That's what I'm. That's what Damn I'm putting it, out there man. into the world. <laughs> no. I think you got. I think there's something you need to work on. You got some underlying issues. Should Efrat? I talk to the dogs? Or? Yeah. yeah, let's ask them. Is, what is, is, that, a, therapy, is that a thing? Man. Dog therapy? Is that a yes. thing? Yes. <laughs> there's some yes. weird stuff out there. My for dog dogs. is like what do you call it? born built bred. bred to be a therapy dog. Not because she can talk. Billy, am I? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Have you seen those dogs that can press the, they make the buttons yes. and what they about learn bunny? how to talk? Yes. That's amazing. I wanted to do that with my dog. I just didn't have time. Is that real? It's is real. That, is that real? Legit, look, at, look up what about bunny on I just Instagram. don't understand how they can comprehend what that word is saying or do they comprehend the picture to the word? No, no. So like, for instance, if you teach a dog how to sit, they can't understand English. All they hear yeah. is, but, <laughs> but they attribute to them putting their butt on the floor. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm you saying? Sit. The sound Well, of, yeah, but yeah. in their brain, I'm just trying to put myself but then, in their dog's But then brain. you teach them what, like, so there are all these words on the floor and so they learn one at a time so they know that one is sit. Like, they learn yeah. the... They've got the same capacity as a two-year-old, right? Or three-year-old? Something, something like that. Or, I think yeah. so. Maybe a bit more because I've seen some what? of these dogs in the way that Straight they... Straight up talking. But then again, Amazing. I've seen children who can sign language before they can talk. I taught my kids sign language when they were little. Oh, before they could talk. Yeah, before they could talk. So things like thank you, more, and please. Don't. I'm, I'm not doing it. I can't remember. I think it was yeah, wow. a more. Was this more? Thank you. And then I can't remember, please. But my kids would do what? that before they could talk. Yeah. Yeah, well. Do they do that now? I train That's them why they're manners. so respectful That's now. why Liam does this to me all the time. I'm like, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> 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 it's like, just goes, oh, well, oh. It's so good to have you here and for us to be here, actually. 
because we came up your way for this you one. You did. I offered to come down your way. We would never. But you came here. No, because Bosco's a menace. <laughs> and, I love dogs. I'd be and right. I didn't want him to interrupt in the episode I'll again him up because, as well. because Efrat does make me very angry. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, but today, so last episode we talked about your story, yes. um, which was pretty wild to be able to hear some of those things. Um, but but today I would love to be able to talk about the whole idea of fatherlessness and how um, you've seen it affect this world mm. and and the children of this world. Um, but it's, it's funny, right? You've got currently living in the world right now, you have... Um, you know, the elderly generation, the grandparents um, who are living out their, uh, I guess, um, brokenness through what's happened and they're living it out in a different way to then parents and mm. then they're living it out in a different way to mm, sure. then my generation and then my generation is living it differently to Ephrat and then mm. so on and so forth. Mm. So it's different across the mm. board. But um, I would love to hear your thoughts and your ideas on the family unit um, on fatherlessness mm. and how it affects the world. So um, maybe we could get started by talking about um, the blueprint. You were talking about mm. that before. Mm. Maybe we start there. Yeah, look, I think um, the number one problem in the world stems back to the breakdown of the nuclear family. Mm. Um, so if you look back at Genesis, God set the blueprint right there, first of all, for, uh, you know, um, he created male, he created female. And then there's a scripture that talks about and a mother and a, she'll leave her, sorry, a wife and a husband leaves their mother and father and they join together to become one and then they have children. So God was setting up in Genesis that blueprint for your roles and your gender and the blueprint for the nuclear mm. family. Mm. Now, of course, that's not very popular to say that, mm. but this is what I always say to people. Think about the fruit of something, right? So you don't have to agree with me, but talk mm. to anybody who comes from a broken home or anybody who's adopted um, and they will all tell you that something was missing from their life. For sure, you yeah. know, so you go, okay, you don't have to agree with my biblical worldview, but how about you tell me what your view mm. is and let's look at the result of that. And fatherlessness is a classic mm. example of the effect that it's having on a generation. And I think the more the nuclear family breaks down, the more society breaks down. Mm. Um, you just look in the jails. The majority of men in jails are fatherless. Yeah, well. You know, so... Wow, that is true. Mm. Yeah. It's not too late for you, Efrat. You might end up in prison. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> counting on it. <laughs> well, even, even all of those stats, like statistically, people from broken homes, young people from broken homes have a higher rates of addiction, yep. high rates of school dropout. Yep. Uh, the girls have a high rates of um, getting pregnant earlier, high rates of their own marriages not lasting. Mm. Um, and there's one other might be mental health. I've actually got it written down. I'm going to tell you about a book in a minute, but there was one other higher rates of something. Oh, of lear even of learning issues as yeah. well. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that once. Like when I yeah. Was, yeah, um, well, in my industry, um, we see that yes. all the time. Like I reckon, again, I said, I think then 60 to 70% of the kids don't have, either don't uh, have parents or just have one parent. Mm. Right. Um, that is a classic example of what I mean and look at the mm. fruit. You're in an industry where you are working with children for that reason who who don't have a family for whatever reason mm. and look at the result of their their, their behaviour 
they behave the way they do because of all of the rejection and all yeah. of the neglect and all of the stuff that they're going through. I bet you don't have anyone in your care who's come from a, you know, family unit that's really strong. No. Oh, well, we had one. But the only what? reason why is because he it was him. Oh, wait, not him. But it was his um, disability that the parents just c- couldn't really look after. Right. So that was, but that, but that's that was a, whole a different, different reason. It's not like because, mm. you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But it's interesting. It is mm. interesting. Uh, and I always say, I, I think that all the issues in society stem from broken homes. Yep. Mm. Um, and it started with the first broken home, which or the first breakdown, which was in the garden yeah mm. um and it's been yeah, so it's true. been the enemy's mandate and yes. job ever since then to continue to break down the family initially mm. to try and stop jesus from b- even being born in the first place yeah. from messing with bloodlines to yeah. causing people to stumble mm. all sorts of things if the family is strong if the family is following the gold blueprint then society is strong like you're saying true. and um and so th- that's amazing but you've got a book there <gasps> Oh my gosh, this is so good. I would recommend this. It's not like a Christian book or anything. Doop, doop, doop. The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce. Judith Wallerstein. Okay, so this lady is a psychologist in America. She's the only person in the world Mm. to have done a longitudinal study. Do you know what that is, guys? Something to do with length. It is literally. (laughs) A long, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the longest study ever done in the world of children from divorced homes so Ah, she's got four books i think i've heard of this before yeah i might have told you about it she has grabbed a group of children that whose parents divorced back when my parents divorced and she followed them for the next four decades to look at their outcomes the reason she went into it was because her children's uh friends were coming from divorced homes and as a psychologist she wanted to prove that children are resilient and that divorce didn't affect them. Mm. So she started this study mm. and she has ended up becoming the biggest advocate against divorce because she came to the conclusion divorce always has a long-term effect on children. Wow. And I'm telling you, this book, that she's got four of them, but I'd say this is the, the, the latest one and I would say the best, New York Times bestseller. Mm. It is like opening it up and reading your your story, reading yeah, wow. inside your own head. You go, this makes so. And she's never experienced like other she, than the study. No, no she studied she a bunch of people like you and me That's for amazing. four decades. The same people. That. She followed them through. That's amazing. I feel really heard right now. Well, how, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. if you look in there, I don't know if you can see it, but um, mm. I've just got like underline, yeah, underline, underline. I should. Everything. I didn't have my highlighter, so you probably can't see it. But mm. I would just but, yeah. was like. That's why I messed up. Wow. Well, wouldn't I it be interesting to be able to follow the opposite side for 40 years as well and see what yes. some of the contrasts are between following a family or young people who were in a healthy family for 40 years? As a, maybe we should start one. Start now. How old will we be at the end of 40 years? I'll be 60. I'll be in a nursing home. We'll come visit. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we'll drop off the study. We we'll can come visit. You'd be a grandparent. true. And the other thing too that's interesting though is she also compares it to families who stay together but there's a lot of fighting. Oh. 
and and there's very similar outcomes too. So mm. so it's it's still not ideal even yeah. for a family to stay intact. For sure. But to be very dysfunctional. Mm. And the thing is, I don't want anyone to feel judged right by our conversation yeah, totally. today. Mm. Um, and that's why I think people tend to maybe get a little bit um, defensive if you say the nuclear family is the way to go because you can see society just can't seem to get themselves together. But just because we feel something or just because something's normal doesn't make it the truth. Yeah. Totally. So I would 100% agree with that. And you probably say it much nicer than I do. <laughs> <laughs> my, my way of saying it, as I've said before, is like you have the ability right now to determine what your tomorrow is. You do. Mm. And so you if do. you hear anything that we say and you, you feel hurt or you feel, oh, yeah, well, it's all good and well for you to say, you don't know what I'm going through. No, you're right. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know the potential of what you could walk into. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with responsibility. So whatever stage you're at, you have the ability to wake up today, wake up tomorrow and decide to walk towards a better future. Um, so... What are some things you wanted to go through in this mm. in this book? What are some ways that fatherlessness or a divorced homes kind of affect us and then in turn affect society? Yeah. Well, got my notes. Um, <laughs> do, do. A di- uh, let me quote from her. Yep. A divorce in childhood creates an enduring identity. Say that again. Say that one more time. So a divorce in childhood... Yep. Creates an enduring identity. And what is that identity? Well, I think what she's trying to say is it affects your identity. So Mm. she went into it going, children are resilient. They can get through divorce. It's a one-off event. Mm. If parents get divorced, you move Uh, on, right? I see. I see. Whereas she's saying, no, it literally impacts and changes your identity for the rest of your life. Now, it doesn't have to mean for the bad. It, there are good sides to it too. But if you think about it, a little girl is very affected by her relationship with her father in the first mm. particularly eight years of her life. Now, if that father's gone like mine, that has impacted the blueprint of who I was as a child when mm-hmm. I'm developing my sense of identity. Yep, And that's why we end up then down the track having dysfunction because the blueprint and obviously it might be different if your parents divorce a bit later but it still has an effect on you but it changes your identity isn't that interesting when you say that that it's um you know fatherless homes or breakdown of the family unit early on affect your identity and cause you to have issues with your identity all the way through but Mm. isn't it funny that when we came to god at our identity was the number one thing yeah. that was changed and was fixed. Yes. Have Have you That's um? Crazy. Yes. You've been in church. You've been in youth for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you've not been in youth, but you've seen youth. Um. Have you? What have you seen? Um. Mm. With that. Um. Mm. The change of identity and, you know, I feel like your youth was different to my youth. Was different to your youth. Does that mm. make sense? Um, yeah. The different seasons and cult uh, and um different generations of how this impacts yeah yeah a hundred percent well you got to remember divorce only really started right in 1976 now that might for you guys is like oh that's so long away um i i was born in well around that time (laughs) (laughs) so so a a thing came in called the no-fault divorce law right which means that 
a, a person could get divorced without proving fault. And so that became very easy to get divorces. This happened in California and then it rolled on in Australia in 1976. So my parents were in that 1976 bunch of all of a sudden an explosion of divorce. So if you look and you track then the last, you know, five decades since 1976, I can see an incredible moral decline happening in society at the same time that there's been a decline in the family unit. Now, it doesn't mean that the 60s were perfect and the 50s were perfect, but there was some sense of stability that doesn't exist now. Mm. And I would say with every passing generation, mental health is an example. Mental health has declined in an incredible rate at the same time that fam- the, the value of families has declined. Mm. So I absolutely, and working with young people over several generations, it's getting worse. Because not only that, you go back to identity, right? Not only is our identity no longer stable, and you're right, that's where God comes into it, but now they're attacking the identity on a whole new level when it comes to gender ideology. Wow. So, so our, and mental health attacks our identity. So... There's a crazy decline happening over the generations. Well, even with race-based things uh, in different yes. organizations that are pushing these same-sex attraction, all of these key things that are affecting our world have everything yep. to do with identity. Yep. Do, do you think yes. that relates – is that what you'd call a victim mentality? Like, does that make sense? Um, I think it depends if we choose to buy into it. Yeah. I think a victim mentality is something we choose – to adopt and I think a lot of young people I I was talking to the academy students the other day you've done academy with me and I was and they're all leaders and they said to me they're like Renee what do we do with these young people who are are all struggling with some sort of mental health issue or you know whatever it is but but they sit in it and they pick it up as an identity and they seem to have no it's almost like you're not allowed to tell them you can be strong and you can get through this. It's mm. like you're – I mean, I've even – when I've done it on my podcast and I'm like, guys, we don't have to sit – we don't have to accept these things. We don't have to live in these things. People get really angry with you because they want to make you sit in this identity and just talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and hold it up as a um, – almost like a badge of – I don't know. It's like you get attention if you have something – wrong with you totally, yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah. totally and and it's and it's used as a mask or an, as sure. an excuse to not take responsibility and yeah. i think that's kind of like it's like a lack of responsibility yep. in this yeah. generation myself included because yeah. it's uncomfortable to be told that you actually have the power to be able to make a change and mm. make yeah. a difference but um, it should I'll, be the most freeing thing it should be like even i was just catching up with kim the other day and I was talking about some work stuff that is going on. Mm. And he said to me, which is 100% accurate, you have the power mm-hmm. to make a change in that space. Mm. You don't have to you don't have to put up with it. If you want to go after it, you go after it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I 100% agree, but it's still uncomfortable to take responsibility Yes. when it's so much easier to put the responsibility on a, a 
title mm. on a you know the yeah. responsibility i have this mental illness yeah, or well. it's this person's fault because they're this and they've done this to me it's like well it's uncomfortable to take the responsibility yeah. And that's a massive change I've seen in the generations. In my generation, it'd be like, I've got this thing that's happened to me. Now, how can I recover from that? Mm. Whereas now it's like you get given a label and that's it. That's your label. And then maybe some medication, which yeah, I'm well. not against medication, but I'm saying like literally yeah. and no solution. In fact, if I tell you that maybe you can, you can get through this, I'm Ooh. being harmful yeah. to you. Yeah. Which is what a what a weird just, place yeah. to have to navigate, right? Right. So my parents divorced, yes, and guess what? I'm now I'm now an adult with my own kids and my own marriage, and I can't keep blaming my mum and dad for what happens in my marriage. Mm. And that's not a tough thing, that's a good thing because it mm. means I've got the power to do something about it. And then I've got Christ as well. Yeah. So it's not even my own natural power, it's his power yeah. in mm. me. Totally. That is so good. Totally, 100%. Um, I'm so grateful yeah. that I found God when I did, yeah. you know, as a 20, 20 early 20-year-old. 20 mm. I mean, I heard about God growing up. I really gave my life to him as, yeah. as a, in my early 20s. And just the, the journey of taking responsibility. If I could summarize my whole relationship with God, it was him showing me how to take responsibility for my life. Yes. Mm. Um, because I come from a family that has suffered a lot of hurt, yeah. um, generational hurt over the yeah. years. Um, you know, m- m- the stories my Nana tells me about yeah. her life, I mean, it was tragic. My mum and her family again. And then with me and my brothers, they all, every single one of us has a different story. Each as tragic as the last. Mm. Some brothers, my oldest brother didn't even know his dad. Um, my two older brothers, their dad died in a plane crash. Me, my dad left and struggled with alcoholism. And then my younger brother, Matt, his dad was a drug addict who passed away from a drug overdose. And I mean, you have all these different things going on. I'm now happily married. I'm now in a great place in a faith community in, you know, um, living out my dreams, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, on multiple fronts, you know, do, working in video work, working in church, doing all these things, married to my best friend. Um, I'm one of the only ones in my family who's doing that. Mm. And the only way I can describe it or pin it down to is that God taught me. He didn't just tell me, he taught me how to take responsibility. Yeah, it's that identity in Christ, right? And so Statistically, yeah. you two should both be a train wreck. Yeah. I have been at certain stages yeah. of my life, believe me. For sure, yeah. Oh, not... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking with Renee, not that, but yeah. yeah no, but no right? totally. But yeah. you should both, you know, and, and Efrat, you're, you're still really young. Um, and you think you've got, like, no relationship with your dad. Yeah, well, uh, I think it, it, what Jake was saying, um, at the end of the day, it is God. But um, a lot of the things I feel... Because if we are in this religion, there's a lot of people that are above us and a lot of, you know... Um, ahead. Ahead of us. That's the word. Not above. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> ahead of us. Yeah. It's the, yeah. I know what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Ahead of us. And so, um, I'm a, I'm like a sponge. <laughs> so, yeah. I soak in... Um, that's why I think from... In high school, I struggled a lot with even Christianity because the things that I was soaking in wasn't God. <laughs> you know, it, it was my friends. Whereas now, um, I'm soaking in really 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 great leaders um for those of you who don't know what leaders are that like you know what a leader is but um someone that we look after so mm. for example Isaiah, i straight up 
look up to him like crazy mm. um and so i'm just soaking in renee and cam sometimes Jay, no Jay, <laughs> yeah, yeah um yes but without you we, honestly without you guys i wouldn't i feel be this awake oh. yeah but you is, know is that the wording oh. yeah aware maybe aware, aware but yeah. th- you've just said a huge key which is you're a sponge soaking it all in right but that's a choice that you're making this, so yes. you've put good people around you and you're like I'm putting what you've done is actually really powerful you know the bible talks about um, to have a vision and to make it plain and to write it down you've actually put a vision before you of what you want to be you're putting the people before you that you're like I want to be I want my life to be like that yeah. not like this and so you've actually put like almost like a vision board yeah. made of like legitimate real people going, that's what I want my marriage to be like. That's what the kind of person that I want to be. And that's mm. you taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I guess we, we've all, we're all in that sense, right? Where we, we're, um, we've taken accountability and we're, yeah. um, and now we're kind of shooting for the stars. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, that's, wow. yeah, it's been crazy. It's journey, been crazy, crazy journey. <laughs> but there's there's a lot of in that journey along the way. I know for me, and that's why reading this book was really powerful because there was stuff that I realized we had a shared experience no matter. Mm. And I know we're very different here. Like I grew up from divorced home. You've never known your dad. Um, you've known him, known him along the way. But yeah. your parents were never married. Yeah. And so we all come from a different place, but there's shared commonality. For sure. Um, you know, we talked about rejection mm. in the last one. And even though our parents never meant to reject us, you know, they, I know f- I would often say to my mom, how do I know that my dad loves me? And she'd be like, of course your dad loves you. But then in my little brain, I'm like, he loves me, but he left. He's mm. not here right now. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And so there is rejection regardless of how much they For might sure. love you. And that plays out in different ways yeah. in, in all of us. Um, and statistically, according to, you know, this only world's only longitudinal study, it really does affect particularly our relationships that we have down the track. In what ways would you say? What, what are kind of the biggest ways? Yeah. So one of the biggest ways she talks about in here is that we have a real fear that the same thing's going to happen to us. Wow. A lot of, so um, a lot of fear. So, and that can make us unreasonable at times like I remember when Cameron and I were first married and he went to play basketball and he said to me hey babe I'll be back tonight about 10 30 11 o'clock comes 11 30 comes worst thought right oh yeah he was I'm out like, drinking wasn't he yeah. yeah I just was like oh no he was out having an affair in my <laughs> yeah, mind yeah, yeah, I'm right? like I was ready to divorce him by the time it was midnight. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And he comes home to this raving lunatic wife going, you told me you'd be back at 10.30, mm. it's 12 o'clock, right? It's so funny. I have had that exact same thing, but me to Sarah. Right. Like almost identical in the early days. Um, this specific, book, man. Specifically when we were dating. Like, um, yes. So for me, the way that it played out was that if me and Sarah, uh, we'd go out on a date. If she didn't... And I don't know how to explain it per se, but if she didn't like show me any attention or whatever, like, like you know, as we're driving, put a hand on my hand or my yep. leg, that to me was like, oh my god, she is going to leave me. <laughs> she's yes, she's and she's gone. That goodness, took, me. that took a work, but that was like early yes. days for me. That's how it played out. And but I, it was unreasonable as well. Heck. 100 percent yeah um, now thinking of it but at the moment you're at like the moment, i was like it was like alarm yeah. bells alarm bells i know what bells. you mean oh damn this well, is well you were where and do you know what and this this is the thing 
if you're not aware that that's where it's coming from, that can break relationships apart. For sure. Because then she's going to think you're some weird, needy person. She did think that. Right. But but thank God she had the um, the parts to... <laughs> the, the foresight to understand, to understand why. And, and, and say, where's this coming from? Yes, and Cameron yeah, well. did too. And, and and we talked about it, and and it got to the it got to a point where she was like, you know, that's something you got to work through. Oh, this isn't going to work. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, and I tried to argue at the time because it was so it was new to me, and and because I was feeling it so strongly, I was mm. like, well, I don't know if this is something I can change. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, but then obviously it was because it was unhealthy, um, and it was something that I yeah. actually journeyed through and walked through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to the point where it was such a dramatic change where one day, um, you know, Sarah, we didn't hold hands for the whole date or whatever. She goes, uh, why aren't you freaking out? Yeah. I mean, it was almost yeah. like something that switched like that in flick, right? Where yeah. it was like, I just, I know, I know you love me. I know you're different to what the heck. To Being aware else. of the pattern is really. This is so crazy. Cause like, again, it's so crazy how one little instance and none of our families we don't even know each other back you know what i mean we weren't even born in the same generation mm. but we all have such it's identical i wouldn't even say similarity <laughs> because that is exactly what i experienced as well and mm. that's what renee experienced sim, similar yeah, thing yeah, right yeah so what? i'm so this book i need to read that's it. what i mean about shared experiences wow. so you can be in a whole different generation with a different kind of story yeah but it still has the same impact. Wow. So then I guess the the question that stems out of, um, you know, a conversation like this is what are the steps to, I guess, healing mm. the family unit or healing the world mm. um, yeah. in that regard? Because, you know, I wonder how many relationships out there have failed because yeah. of... Yeah, undealt with and unresolved feelings mm. towards or, or about fatherlessness that, yeah. you know, people aren't dealing with. Or, um, it's a big question, right? Because, I mean, how long is a piece of string? Totally. <laughs> but how can we start to work towards, like what are some steps we can take um, to be able to work towards a world mm. where God-honoring families are the norm? Mm. Well, the first and foremost key is to start with yourself Mm. and to take responsibility for yourself, which is exactly what scripture tells us to do. And I think if we can take responsibility for ourselves first and start healing with God's help, then we've got more chance of then going the next step, which is then starting to heal and create stronger family units Mm. like i feel like i've done my bit for the world yeah you know like i've had three kids i've got a really great marriage great family but now i say to my kids don't you stuff it up now guys i worked hard (laughs) Mm. (laughs) i worked hard now it's your turn Mm. for you to make you know so i think working on yourself i think um the other thing that's really does concern me is that society doesn't think that fatherlessness is the problem Mm. or that broken families is the problem it's like yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and the other things yeah, that we talk about, other. Yeah. Well, right. it's interesting to me because I think, of course, the world doesn't think fatherlessness is the issue because yeah. at the end of the day, um, well, we would know the real issue is fatherlessness and it's people not being connected to their heavenly father. Mm. Yeah. 
And so, of course, you know, that replicates in the physical realm mm. is that fatherlessness. No one wants to admit that because if you admit that the family is broken, then you have to admit that family was originally designed a certain way. That's and right. then you have to admit that there was a designer of the family. And then you have to admit that there is yep. a father in heaven. Yep. And so it progresses along this sort yeah. of course. But on the, the whole mm. idea of taking responsibility, the story mm. you told when Cam went and played basketball mm. Did you take responsibility in that scenario or how did that play out? Yeah, I feel like it's different when the person from the broken home is the wife as Mm. opposed to being the husband. I think there's a Mm. conversation to be had there. I feel a little bit more for you guys who – and maybe people think it's old-fashioned, but you guys are leading the relationship, you know, Mm. like the the man of the house. Sarah would agree with that. Yeah, Um, and so I think it's different. But for me, I was so – blessed that Cameron was aware so we had really good marriage counseling going into it Um, and I think what happens is when you're trying to heal from something it comes in different layers so when I was single I did a lot of the work and I I, I feel like I had healed as much as I could Mm -hmm. but then new stuff comes up when you get Mm. married and then it comes up again when you have kids and Mm. I'm like I can't parent my kids out of this I've got to you know I've got to heal on another whole layer so Cameron was aware and so he was so good. Instead of mm. him just going off his nut at me, he's like, babe. And he, he pulled me aside. And I want to run away in those instances and not talk about it. And he would force me to yeah, be like, yeah, come well. and sit here. We're not going to bed until we talk about this. And he just reassured me. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. So that, that was really healing for me. But then I've always been someone that's taken personal responsibility. So for me, it was easy to go, oh, this is why I'm feeling the way that I am. Because... I've brought this into now into my marriage. And so, yeah, I, I did have to then go um, while he was very understanding. I also can't for the rest of my life make him have to act a certain way so that I don't feel like he's going to abandon me. Mm. So it's totally. both. It was like both coming towards one another. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mm. And I often, I often find that's the way it is, is that it's a balance. Yeah. But it's not one or the other. It's not just on you. It's not mm. just on Cam. It's totally. actually, it's 100% on each of you, but mm. together. Yeah. Um, and it gets easier. Like the longer you're married, you get to understand yourself a bit more. You know, he understood me. And so it was easier to quickly, more quickly identify, mm. oh, this is just my abandonment issues, my rejection issues. And you get to recognize it and then you can deal with it quicker. Mm. I think uh, I often wonder, you know, thinking back to the Garden of Eden, what the world would have been like if that mm. original breakdown didn't happen yeah. and, you know, what the family unit would look like today. And, and you know, the, the, the hope that one day we can, as humanity, restore mm. the earth to what God originally designed. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, as Christians, we believe that one day Jesus is going to come back. Mm. He'll establish a new heaven and yeah. a new earth and all that sort of thing. But I try not to see it as a nihilistic sort of view that, well, we don't have to try and fight for these things because the world's going to end anyway. Mm. <laughs> um, I believe that there is every chance that if we if we fight hard enough, we can establish a little bit of heaven on earth yeah. okay. and why couldn't we restore the family unit why couldn't we as humanity bring back god into the home mm. and and make you know um the bible says jesus is coming back for an un- unblemished bride why can mm. we not hope for a better day yeah, you know right. what i mean mm-hmm. and so i guess 
you were saying it before, you know, one of the ways in which we can start to restore the family unit, because I do believe that mm. if we restore the family unit, the world would be a different place. It would. People wouldn't be searching for their identity mm. out in the world because mm. it would be established in the home. That's right. Um, and so many things would be established in the home. So how can we start working towards that? Well, I think you've said it pretty clearly. It's taking responsibility for you mm. where you're at now mm. and making a conscious decision to fix where you're at. Yeah. Don't worry about what's happening in other people's world don't yeah. happen you know just look within yep. and sort that out wow. yeah sort that out would you do you have anything to add to that well i think i think once you've done that and you've taken personal responsibility you've got a better chance of coming into a relationship like not as not as two halves not as a broken person mm. but as a, a person that i mean not that you're perfect but has dealt with and healed as much as you can and then i think when you do choose someone in life and you do have to take a risk mm. i remember saying to my mentor like how do i know that cameron's not gonna go and do something stupid and have an affair on me and i was waiting for her to go he would never do that don't worry you're <laughs> gonna have the perfect marriage yeah. and i was shocked when she said to me yeah he might do that and i was like don't tell me that yeah, <laughs> you're about to yeah. tell me that and then she get, and this is what she said i'll never forget it she goes but you know what no matter what, you can always, there's always forgiveness and there's always God. And you and I'm like, okay, okay. So mm. I was trying to grasp for this sense of perfection that nothing yeah. bad would ever happen to me again, right? That doesn't exist because you've got the two reality, humans yeah, coming together. Sure. But what you do do and what you can do is you be completely committed. Mm. Like when I walked down that aisle and I said I do, I took it very seriously that I'm making a promise before Cameron and before God mm. and that you know he is the third chord that makes us not easily broken and then we just did a couple of simple things like Cameron and I we had said right from the get-go divorce is not an option we do not we call it the D word mm. the D word is not even like we don't even bring it up in an argument mm. like we've just made this commitment and like this rule you've got to have some rules that mm. make your marriage stable we have a rule that it's not an option ever that we would, it's just not an option that we would divorce. Yeah, wow. Mm. Take it off the table and never use it to punish you. Whoa, you just go find someone else. You know, no, it's just not an option. It's over your life. This yeah. is for life. And so let's yeah. work that out. It's, I like that. Yeah. Wow. You know, if something's broken, I'm writing notes right now. You know, like this is, <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. And, and you know, an easy way to do that. And it actually says a non Christian person in the, this woman said this in, in the book. If you just, do not go to bed angry. But that's a script, a scripture. Mm. That's right. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't say don't be angry. Mm. You're going to get ticked with each other. Cameron mm. and I are hotheads. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I have been in the room oh. for at different meetings, Efrat. <laughs> She's not lying. Oh, man. Hey, but it, poor but stuff. Our poor but stuff. But it's good to see. It's good to see people <laughs> right. fight in a healthy way. For We're sure. not full out fighting. No. I, no, no, I, no, I say no, fight no, in no. a way. No. We work no. together. Yes. We work together, guys. And so that can yes. make some very interesting. But it's good to see it happen. Yeah, we do. Then, we disagree. Yeah. But then it, by but the end of that, that same meeting, yeah. it's like nothing ever happened. Oh, no, totally. Cameron and I always said when we first got married, we would never criticize each other in public. And it happened a couple of times when we were first married and then behind closed doors we're like never like i felt like you criticized me in front of everyone never do that again whereas that's just us having like a disagreement in front of the staff mm. like no i'm gonna do it this way no we're gonna yeah. do it that way and then they all sit there like this <laughs> our bosses are <laughs> mad what do we do yeah but in a way it can be almost like a healing thing because you yeah. go oh they can disagree and but I think it's, it's been one of the best things yeah. for me and sarah because 
because um I think especially during COVID we started to get scared of fighting because yes. because we didn't want mm-hmm. to um number well we didn't want to hurt each other's feeling but then we were scared of where the fights could go. Yep. But then it has been really healing for us to be able to see, not that you guys fight, like you said, but you guys do have a conflict. Ro- robust discussion yeah. and like we'll blatantly disagree on a topic and it's just like, well, no, this is what I think. And it's like, well, no, this is what I think. And then and it's been really healing to be able to see that. And even since then, Sarah and I have started to really hash things out, you know, even when it comes to kids and when yeah, it comes wow. to yeah. um, the way that we live and what we want to do with our lives and what we believe and what we stand yeah. on. It's like it has been healing. And um, and it, it has welcome. been an agreement. <laughs> and it's been an agreement of ours as well to never let the sun go down yeah. on our anger. Wow. Yeah. And so when we first got married, um, it was uh, – I was probably uh, – I overshare more than I undershare. Mm. And Sarah was probably the one who was didn't like talking about right. things. And so we had to meet in the middle. But mm. early on we would shy away from it. Now we make sure that we get everything out. We we get everything out and we sort it out before we go to bed. And then it's like it's so much better. That's actually a, a big safety net for people from from a broken home as well, because it's actually another thing in the book I had written down was that um, we always think a little conflict means oh that's it we're done we're getting totally. divorced. So like it's any this conflict. nihilistic view of yeah. of the world that everything is every little thing is not going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? but that's because that's what we've seen. Yeah. That's because as kids we've seen that. A conflict did result in dad walking out the door sure. or dad never being in the it's door or whatever responsibly you know yeah yeah and so yeah. we then don't feel safe when we f- when when there's a conflict mm. i remember as a kid being petrified going into like a friend's house where there was i remember always being afraid when the dad would come home <gasps> and if the dad was like rough or anything like that i'd be like die, yeah, die, right. die. i just wanted to go i was scared i still yeah. can't i still can't deal with when um and not like in a really bad way, but like it still makes my heart, yeah, go fast, like fast beating. When my mum yells, right, and when people are fighting around the house. So when I go yeah, and visit, really. if um if her and Wazo are having a disagreement or whatever, yep. mum never gets up off the couch. To well, she does get up off the couch, but I mean, <laughs> they just they they're on different sides of the house having a conversation. So they're like yelling across the house, not really angry at each other, or whatever. But even that mm. still gets the heart mm. going because I remember when I was a kid, I hated being wow. in uh, environments like yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. So they're all the yeah. little effects. That's good. I, I relate to what yeah. you said, Tyranny. Like, um, even when I first came here, I don't even remember when. I think I was hanging out with Liam, and then I saw Cam there and intimidated straight away. To have, yeah. Crazy, right? It, it, yeah. Or, um, Maddie's not even dad, but more uncles and all that straight intimidation. I just, yeah, like um, I, I'd always make the effort to say conversate with them, but I'm out here just crying in, internally. Like oh, this is so scary. I That's don't know why. Funny, I'm afraid, right? Well, like, but on the opposite end of that spectrum, I had no respect for men. Yeah, wow. So I wasn't scared of them. I thought they were all losers. Right, so you went the other way. We're polite. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's like, right, but it's Stop. still the yeah. set for the same reason. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but the opposite side of the coin. So I was like, I couldn't care less. Like, yeah, well. yeah. And that was something I had to work through again because that's a totally unhealthy yeah. way to and see And it's self-protection. Yes, yeah, well. correct. As um, well. And so, yeah, it's just funny how it all yeah. plays out. It, it is two sides of the same coin, right? Like, um, well, yeah, like what you're saying, we are not, not saying you're not polite. No, 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 but... but I, 
but you're right. Yeah. It's we still just, had an issue with men coming into it, like yeah. just being a present. I think that has something to do as well with, um, you know, that I was brought up with all boys in the house. Yes. And so we were always fighting. Yes. Like, mm. Whether it was physical or emotional, yes. it was like, it was kill or be killed type, yes. Of, yes. type of thing. And so I think I still carry some of that and I do have to be careful because my first um, point of call can be to go straight for the throat. Yeah. And um, <laughs> my brothers have called me out on it, hey, like, that I uh, I go for the throat, but um, mentally. Wow. So the things I say can re- be really, really mean. Punishing. I've actually, and I've never seen you in that state. That's because I've worked through just it. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and it's just like it's those defense mechanisms. Mm. I was always smaller too. For sure. So I learned to fight back yeah. with my words. So you know, teachers at school, you know, when when male teachers would try to tell oh, me so what to mouth. do, I'd flip and. Mouth off at them. But in a way that made them look so stupid. And mm. I regret it. Mm. How rude of me and how stupid of me to treat mm. people like that. Yeah. But that was a, just, just a f- defense mechanism. Yeah, wow. Like the fight or flight mm. thing, right? That's crazy. Did you have any worries um, in getting married? And then when you guys kind of started trying for kids, I don't know what your story is like there, but... Were you nervous of starting a family considering the way that you were brought up and the experience that you had? Or by that point, had you kind of worked through it all? No, I probably a bit of both. I was super excited to have kids. I always wanted kids. But when I was little, I mean, like I would, my hobby was to have dolls and take them around in prams. <laughs> so I felt like I was born to have kids yeah. in that respect. Yeah, I was, um, I was afraid to be a mum in the sense of not looking after my kids I knew I'd do a good job but I was afraid that I would have a volatile relationship with my kids because that's all I've ever known Mm. like I do have a bit of a strained kind of relationship with with my parents both of them in different ways not really through any fault of my own like I'm not a difficult person to get along with but there's been a lot of me having to parent one of my parents and there's been Mm. a lot of manipulation Mm. and so I've been manipulated a lot and I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to, particularly with, say, Georgia, how am I going to have a relationship with my daughter without being manipulative? Mm. So I was afraid mm. to be a good mum. Mm. Um, so that I was afraid of. But on the flip side, and it actually says it in her handy little book here, that often people that come from divorce homes, girls that come from divorce homes, are very, very, find it very healing to watch their husbands being fathers. Yeah, wow. And that was true for me. Okay. I I reckon for 10 years at least, I was so fascinated I watching Cameron father hit the kids mm. in the best way. I was like, yeah. I'm getting to watch what I missed out on. It was amazing mm. to me. Yeah, it's pretty and cool. And I would always say to the kids, do you know how blessed you are? Yeah, You've wow. got like the best dad in the whole world. And I, so for me, Father's Day and stuff was as much me being thankful for him oh, yeah, so as the kids. Is, yeah, so yeah. that was very healing. Yeah. How, how about you, Jakey? Mm-hmm. What about me? With with yeah. How do you feel about having kids? I'm now. I'm very excited. Scared as anything. Yeah. Like yeah. Like um, Sarah and I have conversations about having kids and and kind of timeline of when we're thinking and and there's been times where we thought Sarah was pregnant and where I thought maybe I would be terrified. I have never been more excited in my yeah. life. Um, and it hasn't. Like we have never really, we haven't tried for kids or anything. So 
I it's a difficult one because on the one hand I am so excited to become a dad like it's like I feel like becoming a dad is what I was born to do I think do. you'd be a great dad but then you but then on the other hand I'm like I have no idea yes because I have only from what I've seen mm. I other than what I've seen I've not experienced mm. And I learned through experience. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. I, obviously, being in um, a church world, I have the experience of having spiritual fathers. Yeah, yeah. and I have seen families do it well. Mm. Um, but it, even yeah. then, it's like I don't really know. So you never had that like what? So yeah, it yeah. is scary to me, but also very exciting. Wow. And I know that I've got great people around me. Um, you know, yeah. I feel confident. You know, Mum's was saying n- not too long ago. You know, when you and Sarah have kids, you're gonna have to move back up to Townsville you no, know you've true. got to be near family and I said <laughs> yeah. and I said well I am yeah. I am with family mm. you know like yeah, well, uh, we yeah. got people down here who do a great job of raising kids mm. and you know uh, so mm. I know in that regard we, we're in the right place with, with mm. good people around yeah. to be able to do it because I know I'm not going to be able to do it by myself mm. like I know that yeah. there's going to be times where I'm like Cam, Renee what yeah. the hell how do you I know, change your diaper? No. <laughs> you know, yeah, like like, that. And yeah. I had really good people around me too. Yeah, like oh. totally. Um, yeah. All I know is is that, you know, it's exciting for me because I want to, it's a new space in which I can allow God to work through, mm. me, yeah. I think, and that's exciting to me as well. It's like it's I'm another excited, way I can yeah. allow God to. What about you, Efrat, who's not married? What do you think about, like, the thought of getting married? Do you have fears or is that yeah well um impacted you? at the start of my dating with mads i was freaking out i told mads like you know i can't not do what my dad did type thing like i don't i still don't even know the full story to be honest um but i just need to be there for my kids but in the mm-hmm. same sense i also felt like um god blessed me with the job that i'm in right now as well um in, or- mm-hmm. in order for me to even yeah. see that perspective so um in a way, I, I've I've raised a lot of kids. Yeah. I'm only twenty. I'm only twenty two. It sounds weird to say. I've been in my industry for three years, but um, I've learned to how to actually raise a person. You know, that's um, such a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's one. And the other thing is like what Jake was saying. Um, or and we were saying there's so many good um fathers in our church alone mm. uh, that I'm like okay, or um I, or people that i know that will be good great fathers like you Isaiah. you know like mm. i can see that you guys you d- you may not feel it but 100 percent, we know that you will be a good father like we can <laughs> see it um, thanks man but e- even that alone just gives me such good yeah. encouragement i'm like even though it is it is still pretty daunting even marriage for me like right now is pretty daunting um be, like, we get that a lot um for those who aren't christians w- the the thing is ring before spring so you meet someone and then you get married like within the next six months <laughs> you know but mads and i've been dating for two years now so yeah. and a lot of people start even yeah. when we were like six months in they're like when are you guys gonna get married yeah. it's like well not yet yeah. um even right now if you ask me am, am i ready to get married yet honestly no mm. um that's really mature man mm. and, and not a right, lot of people like, not a lot of people are willing to show that kind of restraint yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not here just for sex, like <laughs> well, just straight up. Well, that's yeah, yeah. A lot he of the was time, talking about that, <laughs> but but, <laughs> but, oh, a lot, but a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time, it's like, yeah. come on, guys, you've been dating for four yeah. months. You really can't keep yeah. it in your pants for a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like people who are like, you're not even spiritually mature. Yeah, you, yeah. You, for sure. You know, it's like. But anyways, who am I? I did know a person who, who they didn't even date. They got flipping married straight away. Straight away. Were they getting to know that? But are they still married? What? Mm-hmm. 
What? Still married. Still married. Is it healthy? I, I don't know. Like, I'm not involved in their world to know, but they're still yeah. married. Church, they still all church. that. That's crazy. Wow. Maybe, have they, did, did they know each other prior to getting married? Like, Barely. No, what? That is so random to me. Yeah, I think he had the they're hugs for her seen. and she was like, well, I'm not dating anyone without the intent to marry. So on the on so they got married. So they. I, I'm sorry, I find that so stupid, in my wow. opinion. But I, 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 I do respect that. I respect Who knows, it. Maybe that was the um, arranged marriages. We got to we got to <laughs> yes. bring this plane into land. We got to land um, yeah. and, and finish off this episode. It's been fantastic to hear your heart and your thoughts. Um, so I guess are there any kind of closing thoughts on? Uh, fatherlessness anything you want to add maybe anything that you would like mm. to share with people um, to maybe help them mm. yeah and fatherlessness in general my head's in marriage space well, um, well it all ties together it does all tie together whatever you'd like to say I look I, I would say I think the, the key thing that I'm hearing from all three of us is that we've all got people in our life that we love and that we trust. Yeah. And I would say that's probably one of the most important things is to put good people around you whose lives you admire and get into their world and be sponges and watch and soak it in, make friends with them, Mm -hmm. be in their home. Mm -hmm. That's very much what we do with you and Sarah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that for me, that would have to have, other than obviously my relationship with God, would just 100% be key to to strengthening yourself in all stages of life. Like even when Cameron and I were first dating, you know, I had good people that I was accountable to. I didn't just make that decision on my own. Like if all the people around me had red flags, because sometimes you don't know Mm. what you don't know, Mm. right? And, and. I think one of the things with growing up fatherless is that we sometimes um, emotionally we do one of two things. We clam up and we just are non-committal mm. or we go in for the whole hog and we give our hearts too quickly. Wow. Totally. That That's is, a really big, either one of those two. That's a big statement. That is a true statement mm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can be both at once. Like I didn't give my heart very easily, but when mm. I did to Cameron, I'm like, marry me now straight away yeah like the, I knew I'm like this is the right person so having good people around you in all stages of life I mean we've talked about dating mm. we've talked about marriage we've talked mm. about parents yeah. I can tell you at each stage the people that have been in my life that have helped me in those seasons wow. and even now like I'm at the other end where my kids are growing up and I'm thinking ahead to my next season mm. going my next season is that they're going to get married and they're going to be like out of the house and we're going to be like empty nesters. I hate that word. But anyway. And well, I'm, you've got your last one finishing school. My last one just finished school. Totally. Mm, so that's our next season. Crazy. And I want to do that season well. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. And you know what? My parents didn't do that season well with me. Mm. Like I was given a really hard time when I was the kid in this situation. So I don't want to do that to my kids. So I don't want to keep them here in my home to control them because I'm going to be lonely when they go, right? Mm. I'm like, no, I love Cameron. Like, we went to the movies last night. We're like, the kid's not here. Let's go to the movies. What did you (laughs) watch? We watched Dumb Money. Dumb Money. You've got to go see it. Is it good? Yeah. Dumb Money. Yeah, about about the the when um when the the wall bets took over the wall the walls uh what do you call it Wall Street oh the game plan when all 
Okay. That sounds I can't explain it, but it's really interesting. That sounds it's interesting. It's out of my scope, honestly. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even look. These days, who goes to the movies? There was like five people in the movie. Oh, yeah, I, lo- seriously. I, I love the movies. But I do. But I, love I used to go to the movies by myself. Before I started okay, dating, that's before I started a whole dating. other thing. That's weird. I went and Would saw. Would you go to the movies by yourself? I went and Never. saw Eddie the Eagle by myself, and I cried in that scene. I love that. <laughs> that was movie. such a flipping good movie. If but I went by awesome myself, movie. I'd I feel it. like a reject. Uh, I well, could never. You know. I, I could never. I went by myself and I loved it, but I was a reject. No way. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I enjoyed that's it, but now, it, and it, so you're right. You do have to have fun, and that's so inspiring to hear mm. you know that you and Cameron still enjoy each other's company your totally last, your last has just finished school they're about to move on with their life mm. out into the great unknown yeah and it's like that's crazy. it's not like you guys haven't had a relationship this whole time it's like yeah you know they move on but then that space is just filled with more of you guys Um, right but even coming from a broken home even that can even impact this I mean you see a lot of people that get divorced in this stage Mm. We got something totally. in your life that's in that kind of situation, yeah. and you know, so um, it's like, do you know what? This is what I always say. This is probably sounds terrible, but when your parents divorced, is the gift that keeps on giving. Like mm. it, as in, it affects you every season mm. of your life. Yeah, so I've step. even got this next season of my kids growing up. I'm thinking how not to allow, you know growing up in a broken home to affect that season mm, well sure. and to do it well well you're paving the way really you know you're yeah. doing what was never modeled to you yes. and and now you are becoming that model yeah. for, for them th- thousands yeah. and yeah that's and, so and true. i think even that is mm. um not generous enough of a number of people whose mm. lives that you are Thanks, reaching Jimmy. no honestly and and so too. thank you for paving the way thank you for coming and taking responsibility for your life and showing everyone how possible it is to live an extraordinary life. I mean, your life typifies what it means to be extraordinary. You've, you've with Cam, have have ran Youth Alive Australia. Yeah. You've done all these amazing things. But it's like, I think your greatest achievement is the family that you've you. created. And and I, I've i experienced your family. I love all your kids. Yeah. They're all amazing. So, so that one. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, Liam. Which one? <laughs> I know which one you're Ashton. No, no, no. <laughs> no, they're all amazing. Yeah. So respectful. So beautiful. They yeah, all love sure. Jesus. They are all creative. Yeah. But walk in their own lane. They're so not stepping too. on any. For sure. I mean, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, it's really just incredible to see. So thank you for walking that yeah. road. Thank you for paving the way. Yeah. And thank you for showing kids like us that mm-hmm. it's possible to have yeah. have that type of life. And you were yes. saying like spiritual parents. Honestly, I feel like you are spiritual parents to many of us, right? Yeah, totally. So, yeah. It's um, a pleasure. And to be able to do it differently and show the way is honestly the biggest biggest honour ever. And I, and I think, maybe this is a little lasting nugget, uh, I think sometimes when you when you come from a divorce home, there's actually a lot of good that can come out of it because it does make you very determined. I know what I do want. I know what I want my marriage to look like. I know what I want my family to look like. And it can make you a very, very strong, empathetic, empathetic, mm. not pathetic <laughs> person. And mm. so if you can lean into that side of it instead of the victim mentality side, and you guys are both navigating your seasons mm-hmm. in life really well. Right? Trying and to, I love this yes. podcast. Please keep doing it. We yes, will. We will. Keep going. I think um, there's obviously so many ways and, and different roads that this can go down. I 100%. think our mission started out and will always remain 
trying to do what we can to help restore mm. that God's yeah. blueprint to the world. Uh, because I I live on this hill and I'll die on this hill. Yeah. That God created a certain way for a reason. He did. And oh. it's not too late for us. It's yeah. not too late for anyone. And, I, and and honestly, like for the, just to build a sense of community, right? Mm. Like, um, I feel when you don't have a parent or that abandonment starts kicking in, you really feel like you don't have anyone in your lives. Even if your mom is there, you still feel like there's no one there for you. Um, and I think Jake and I are really, like we were saying from the start, we really would love to make a, um, what's the word, a community where, where we can help each other like as easy as shaving for example yeah, right get, get some right yeah you know have some connect some dads with Come some on. young people yeah. who but who knows the num- one of the number one solutions but is is to find a place to belong yeah so well there you go well we found our place we have you in belong church. yeah in the house of in the lord the in the house of the lord yeah no that's right so Come on. well thank you everybody for listening again um, if you would like to listen to more of Renee's stuff on the yeah, Girl Next Door, where can everyone find you? Yes. Yep, Girl Next Door podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast. Wow. Yeah, fantastic. Make sure that you do. Um, everything she has to say is amazing. Mm. And, and, and on the cutting edge of culture. Oh, yes. Um, which which do, I personally do, love. Do, do, do digital <laughs> identity. Hey. D- no, it, I already would have done it by the time the you guys oh, see sorry. this. Oh, well, sorry. We'll have listen, to listen to that one. We'll go back I, and I listen. And where can episodes. my guys find you, my uh, listeners? Look, basically YouTube. Um, Spotify. And Instagram. And Instagram. They're, they're the three places. Yeah. Just the um, Book Run podcast. Not um, iTunes yes. yet, but you're No, we are, we are we on are the way. Yes. we got to sort out yes. some little silly things, but for, as soon for, as yeah. they're sorted... We'll be on iTunes as well. But thank Good you, everybody, thank for you. listening. We hope that this has yes. blessed you in some way. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And um, just know that as we bring this episode to a close, I think the overarching sort of idea is is that you have the ability to create the life you want today. Come on now. Yes, you do. Come on Yes, now. you do. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. We'll get Renee back as well. We do. We will. Maybe Renee and Cam. Oh, we can talk about this later. Anyways, (laughs) sweet. Bye. Bye.